Hello, I am Paul. As you know, this is Liz. We are the worst team up ever coming to you from the from the Comic Crush, uh, as always. This is actually our final episode for this particular show, um, as I'm sure you guys have noticed, because we've reached the end of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, so there's going to be a lot to talk about in this episode. We are going to try and get through it as quickly as possible. Liz, how are you? I'm doing all right. Good, How good. Excited to talk about this episode? Very excited. Okay, okay. Um, I'm, I'm probably just going to get out of the way on this one, Liz, and let you just, you know, go for it, because I know you're probably going to have a lot more to say on this one than, than I am. Um, I, before we start, though, I do just want to say, please, like, share, and subscribe. You can click the subscribe button. Uh, that helps us out a ton if you do that, and please do watch the show. Uh, from beginning to end because that also helps us um and if you really fancy it guys take a look at the patreon because the patreon is great um it's with, with zero humility whatsoever <laughs> but we've got a really good patreon and it helps us keep going helps us get paid and helps us kind of you know read more comics and uh talk about more comics and comic related film and tv so if you want to help us do that please do subscribe and check out the Patreon. We also have a web store on thecomiccrush.com, which has loads of great comics. There's some fantastic uh, comic sets in there at the moment and more going in this coming week. So please do check that out because every purchase, again, just helps us out and helps us keep going. We've got a bunch of new subscribers. Um, so I do want to say hello quickly to Tony Van Raas, uh, Helen Mullane, Varsas, uh, Adam James Smith, Shadowhawks Gaming, um, and Peter DeRosa, who left us a comment. Thank you very much for subscribing, by the way, guys. Peter left us a comment last week, basically saying, uh, let's see if I can bring it up here. Uh, Peter said, uh, this show has lost me. I assume that he's talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, not our particular show, <laughs> let's hope. Uh, this show has lost me. I don't find it all that exciting. Uh, I find it bogged down and murdered in politics, like so much entertainment these days. Shame. And Baron Zemo, the best character on the show, was completely wasted and underutilised. Now, um, uh, uh, that kind of ties in with a lot of what went on this week. So we're at the final episode now. Peter, you know, thank you very much for commenting. I'm sorry that you, you're not finding the show, at least the Falcon and the Winter show, Soldier show, <laughs> to your liking. Um, hopefully you'll have a better time with Loki when that, that comes on. Um, maybe you enjoyed uh, uh, Division a bit more. I, I don't know. Please drop us a line and let us know. But thanks very much for, for, for commenting. Um... This does kind of lead to some interesting points that, that came out this week's show and, and some interesting discussions gone on online. I mean, we're right at the end now, Liz. You, you know, the Flag Smashers make their big move against the, the GRC. Um, we finally see Sam in the new cap costume. Um, you know, Bucky and Sam working together, but we, we've also got... Um, John Walker on his way, also, you know, aiming there's to be a lot of, a lot of There's a like, lot of characters. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of balls in the air, basically, mm. um, for sure. Uh, you know, and uh, 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, there's there's just a lot that needs to get tied up um, in, you know, what was actually comparatively like a shorter episode for the mm. show. Uh, so, yeah, it's a it's a very jam packed episode. Sure. Um, and going back to Peter's comment, um, it is kind of a lot of a lot of front page issues, um, you know, going on in this show. Uh, mm. And, you know, if uh, if you kind of don't, you know, want that, you know, to be sort of, you know, really at the forefront of, you know, what is still like a, you know, superhero comics uh, TV show, you know, it's, it, it is, you know, I mean, it's unavoidable um, in this particular show, you know, that that stuff is going to be very in your face. Um, and, you know, sometimes really effectively and sometimes in kind of a ham-fisted way, in my opinion. Um, you know, so I can understand if that you know, if that were to put you off, if you just want to kind of, you know, watch like a fun superhero action thing and, you know, maybe it doesn't align with your personal political views. Um, yeah, you might not enjoy this series as much. You know, the Captain America films historically have always dealt with political issues because it's that character. And, um, you know, uh, that's that's the character where you know you kind of get to explore those issues because of you know what he is meant to represent. So uh, so you know I I I think it's cool that they can talk politics you know and tell you know sort of explore um you know things that people are talking about you know relevant stuff that's going on in the world through the lens of you know the MCU. But uh, you know did they always do it really effectively? Um, could it be off-putting, you know, if you don't share some of those viewpoints? Yes, I understand that. So, and I, you know, and also Peter, I, uh, I'm, I'm with you on Zemo. Uh, I wanted more Zemo, you know, <laughs> but I, you know, that said, we'll, we'll talk about him, uh, as things go on. I, I think we've got the right amount of Zemo for me, for this show. Um, going to, to the political side of things. Okay. Yes. The show as it, as you, you quite actually pointed out, Liz, it's front page issues. However, that is also very present in comics today. Um, now, you could argue that it hasn't always been present in comics. I would argue that it probably has, but it perhaps hasn't been dealt with as directly. Um, I would say sometimes, and I'm not saying this show in particular, you know, we'll get to my feelings on this episode shortly, but um, the, the, I would say sometimes some of this stuff can be handled with a lack of subtlety and, you know, not much use of metaphor and things like that, just in a very direct way. Um, and, I mean, I have an issue with this. Uh, you know, art for me is a teles is a mirror, not a telescope. It's, it's meant to show you how you are living rather than how to live. Um. And certainly art can be a place that's full of ideas on how to approach life and things like that. But I, I don't think you, you should ever be taking your um, your lifestyle choices from comics or from films necessarily or from books. Or I, I, I think, you know, um, you, you've kind of got to take your choices from the environment around you, from your education and things like that. Um, 
that said, I, I, I think that, you know, writers are very savvy. You, you know, if you, if you kind of hit upon certain issues, you're going to get more conversation about the thing you're writing about. And also you can't ignore the fact that writers, directors, the creative team, creative teams behind the comics and the shows obviously want to deal with this stuff. Um, I think part of the problem is though, is, and it goes back to what I was saying a moment ago, that they shouldn't feel like it's their job to provide answers. Um, I think it's their job to at least ask the questions. They don't have to provide answers. Again, if you're looking to art for the answers, you may be looking in the wrong place. <laughs> and that's just my opinion. I'm, I'm happy to have people sort of shout at me in the comments or, or on social media about it and stuff. But I think you shouldn't necessarily be looking at art for the answers but it, it should raise the questions at least and i think this show has raised a lot of the questions um yeah. in terms of the episode itself you know plenty of stuff going on plenty of action i i i kind of felt again we're, we're back in in the realms of episode three for me just very choppy not much kind of decent pacing going on and it actually did annoy me uh, whilst watching the episode, I, I take it you didn't feel that way. That you, you kind of just you're all in with this, and 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 you were uh, kind of well, fine with it. Uh, you uh, take it incorrectly this time, Paul. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah, no, I really didn't feel that way about episode three. If I'm like looking back, I think episode three was probably my favorite episode. <laughs> um, but uh, but this is okay. episode rather. Um, mm. Now, I enjoyed it very much, but I would actually agree with you in that it had pacing issues um, as an episode unto itself. Uh, as the, you know, and now what, what they've kind of, uh, the showrunners have uh, described this series as is like a six hour long movie. As the ending, like the big crescendo to a six hour long movie, I think it makes sense and it works fine. And if you watch the whole thing back to back, which I surely will probably right after we finish recording this, um, <laughs> I think it will probably work. Way too out. much time on your hands. Far well said, Paul. Far well said. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think you know, if you look at it as, you know, the sort of last act to a larger story, I think the pacing will work fine. Uh, as an episode on its own, I think it was, you know, it was very top heavy with the action. Uh, and then, you know, it kind of had this like, you know, Lord of the Ring, Lord of the Rings 3-esque sort of like ending where it just kind of like slowed down. And just when you thought it was going to end, there was like another story that needed to be wrapped up there were a lot of stories that needed to be wrapped up uh and you still needed like your big face off with the flag smashers mm. and all that so uh it it had a lot of heavy lifting to do in terms of wrapping up the story and uh sometimes you know sometimes it didn't work for me as well as past episodes have done um because you know because it was just kind of so loaded with action in the front half and then, you know, and then it kind of just slowed right down. I, yeah, I, I had like pacing issues, uh, but 
Uh, that said, pretty much everything that happened in the episode was what needed to happen uh, to wrap yeah. the story up. And so sure. I did feel that we got a, a satisfying ending to the story. But uh, if you're critiquing it just as an episode, it had some issues. Mm. Plot-wise, definitely a satisfying ending to the story emotionally and and structurally not so much I, I felt we were very much back in the realm of the netflix shows because this was exactly the problem i had with series one of of uh luke cage um where the ending was you you, you had the big fight and then you were you had something like 20 or 25 minutes of wrap-up scenes and it was just like look this is bad pacing. This is really, really bad. And and there's nothing wrong with the scenes by and of themselves. That's the thing. They're, right. they're well written, but it's just their placement and 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 kind of there is a there is something in film and TV where you should try and bring together um, time, place, and action in in a satisfying way. And I, I don't feel they managed to do that. Obviously, you can't have a Senate hearing. Uh, in to, you know to to bring back Sharon Carr in the middle of an of an action scene, like I, I get that, but I, I think there would have been hope or hope there would have been a more satisfying way to do it. And I I, I don't know. I, I just I, I'm really annoyed that Batrock uh, seems to be dead. Like that that was that really. <laughs> really aggravating that was, that was uh you know r.i.p um yeah. will miss you i you know i i'm i'm bummed because, uh yeah i mean he's a cool character and like oh you know like one of the most memorable fight scenes uh of mm. any of the marvel films was that fight between him and steve rogers on the ship in uh winter soldier there's, there's actually been a load of like things online. Like one, there was one article. I, I can't remember what. I'm not even going to say the name of the website. I can't remember what website it was. But it actually really aggravated because they were like, "Oh, it's time to admit that Sam Wilson can't fight." And it's just what? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, I mean, I think the fight he did just fine. And Matt Rock, I think, was probably less satisfying than the one between him and Steve, unfortunately, yeah. because it felt kind of rushed. Um, and it, you know, basically it just didn't utilize either of their kind of like athleticism mm. to the degree that, uh, you know, like you really got to see, uh, you know, what, uh, what an amazing, uh, you know, I, sort of acrobat, uh, George St. Pierre, if I'm yeah. pronouncing his name correctly. I believe that's, yeah. Uh, and, you know, this this didn't really make the most of that. And also, uh, this is a quibble, but, uh, okay, so Sam, like, heroically throws the shield with all his might, and Batrock throws an office chair. <laughs> and <laughs> seemingly they are equally powerful weapons. Uh, you know, so I was just uh, like... <laughs> that's, that's true nerdism, Liz. I mean, you obviously haven't been to a Staples uh, while you've been back home. That's for sure. Uh, you don't know how sturdy those office chairs are. But it, like, um, I just, I, I mean, like, I, I've got to say for me that the real nerdy quibble for me was I don't like the new costume. Like, I really don't like it. Um, I, I, I wish they'd have kind of done a... a I don't like the costume. Yeah. I understand it's fairly comics accurate. It is. Um, it is. Yeah. I, yeah, okay. I mean, it's... Uh, 
I, you know, I, it's been kind of a divisive thing. Like, you know, some people love it. Some people don't love it. What don't you love about it? I just, I just don't like the look of it. I just don't like that, that weird headpiece that seems to come up from the neck and then around the eyes. And like, I, I just, I really don't like it. It's, it's just the, the design of it. Um, I kind of wish he'd, they'd, they'd given him a, a, a closer version of the cat costume, like the dark blue and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, it does. It does look like his comics costume, and yeah. um, and you know, I was I was like really, you know, hoping he would have the wings as part of the costume, and he did. Uh, you know, which of course, like, uh, you know, I thought that looked great. I thought that was like perfect. You know, it's really mm. like it's, it is kind of like you know just a his his Falcon costume, but reimagined. You know, with the stars sure. and stripes. So I liked it, but uh, but do I think maybe you know they could polish it up a little? I don't know. Um, maybe when they come back with the film, yeah. I mean, how many costume changes has Steve had? Like loads. Yeah. So uh, so I wouldn't be shocked if they kind of refined it for uh, for but like I, Captain I, hate, I really hated the first Cap costume. Like I, I love the one that's in Winter Soldier. Um. Uh, but I, I, I hate the first cat costume. But there you go. I mean, they're quibbles. They're, they're nerdy quibbles. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't think I can sit here and go, well, this was rubbish because the costume looks rubbish. Because, like, I, I hate that sort of attitude. Um, I I mean, the reveal about Sharon, I, I'm really pleased. I, I, I was kind of on it there. I Someone... mean, you and, like, most of the internet, though, it's like, I do. So this is, this is like, you know, a little bit of, you know, it, it's one of my issues and it doesn't bother me that much. Like I don't really mind that it was fairly obvious uh, that Sharon was going to be the power broker. Um, you know, like it, somebody, somebody online, I, I can't remember if it was in an article or on Twitter or something, but somebody described it um, as like uh, being similar to Batman hush in like there was nobody else it could have been it's like world's most obvious bad guy yeah. like you know, being used as like a big well, reveal later uh you know in in a similar way in fact to uh to agnes slash agatha in wandavision mm. it's like you knew it was going to be her the whole time but like with uh with wandavision i you know i still think it was like it was very satisfying with sharon it's it's satisfying but i would like uh a little more information you know, I would have liked to see that the, there's some flashbacks that need to happen in whatever the next show is going to be. I think, um, like someone pointed out, I can't remember who this is. So I'm really sorry to the person, um, who, who pointed this out to me, um, for not kind of giving you a proper shout out. I apologize. It's just because of my, my faulty old man's memory. Um, they said that there's, um, Zemo had met the power broker and he said there's always been a power broker in Madripoor and he he describes him as a he I believe back in like episode three um, I Zemo does. but my yeah but my feeling is is that it's kind of whoever kind of comes in and stakes their claim and maybe ousts the power broker before becomes the power broker I was hoping that it was going to be some kind of sleight of hand and, it, and it's just a way to kind of keep control of the the more sort of uh, criminal elements that have developed since the snap and then the blip. 
because you know during that time it would have been impossible to keep track of all these weapons and alien artifacts and things um but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case you know it looks not like not i mean you know so so i think what we've really been trying to figure out uh you know as far as like okay not so much like is sharon the power broker because i think like there were a few other contenders like the introduction of val made it seem like it could be mm. possible that it could be her but there was really no other character it could have been like you know i mean i think val wouldn't have really worked as a satisfying reveal because she kind of just showed up for like a minute in the episode before uh so you know all signs pointed to sharon like throughout the series like everything kind of telegraphed it being sharon um you know down to like the internet got really nitpicky and pointed out the fact that uh, that Sharon was like one of the only characters who didn't have an iPhone. And apparently one of the things about uh, that, you know, Apple allowing um, characters to use uh, iPhone yes. is that only the heroic characters are allowed to use them and any villain isn't allowed to use an iPhone. So uh, <laughs> Sharon did not have an iPhone and somebody of course walked onto that. Uh, uh, so you, like, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, you know, which of course, like, I love, I love people on the internet. Everyone's a detective, and they're really good detectives. Love. Um, <laughs> um, and I mean, you know, you just look back at all of her actions, like every, you know, all the mm. fight scenes. Whenever we, you know, whenever she was fighting, she was like brutally killing people. Like the the death of the. Um, like uh, the, the guy she bumped into during this episode was like particularly gruesome, you mm. know, when she stuck that uh, that thing that released the mercury, uh, you know, onto his back. Like, you know, I mean, he was like sizzling, um, you know. It, so, I mean, you know, you kind of, you know, you got the idea like, okay, you know, like this is, this is not like heroic behavior here, even when it seemed like she was working with uh, mm. Sam Bucky and Zemo. Uh, that fight in the warehouse area, like she was just like, like killing guys really brutally left and right. And of course now she's, she's kind of back in the, the bosom of the government and, you know, returning to agent 13, but it was just like, ah, no, this is going to be a bad choice. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, I'm really curious to see where they go with that. I mean, if they do move on to a second series of this, um, like I, I hope that she will, kind of become the nemesis in a way like i i would yeah. like to see i mean um, i think it's like a like a really kind of cool twist for her character um you know i mean it's it's such a departure from the character in the comics mm. i mean you know that it it kind of opens her up to become like a really interesting character because i have to say think you know looking back um she's one of the most underserved characters in the mcu Really, she was right. kind of getting nothing to do except be this, like, you know, sort of blonde, sort of, you know, Girl Scoutish character in uh, Winter Soldier and Civil War. And, um, yeah, I mean, she she really wasn't given much to work with. She wasn't given much of a personality. Uh, she kind of just existed to, you know, give Steve a smooch, help them out, and, you know, then end up, like, on this really, you know, abandoned by everyone, including mm. Steve. You know, um, like when you when you think it's like, why is she so bitter? It's like, OK, because she put everything on the line to help them. And then nobody tried, you know, thought yeah. to try, like, you know, 
sort her out and get her back in the good graces of the American government. She was just left out on her own. Um, so the well, Steve could yeah. up and like romance her like you know dead great aunt um, in the past. I, yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not reducing her motivation down to <laughs> that man done me wrong because I, <laughs> I think that that. That kind of sells a short bit. This. Well, no, I think they were selling her short as you know, as just a love interest, and now they've given her something more interesting to do. So. Yes, I, I, like I, I'm curious to see where it will go, um, and it'll be interesting to see if this phase of the MCU will be more about making some of the villains heroes and the the heroes villains. Do you know what I mean? Like the, like an exchange of. Which, yeah, Thunderbolts would, would fit in perfectly to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, my, the Thunderbolts, I mean, you know, I think it's now become like a really, you know, uh, like like a common theory amongst fans that that's what's going to happen. Mm. Um, they, I mean, they've already announced so many shows and films. I Is there room for another one in the next year or so? I, I don't know. I mean, this year is already... the next year, but uh, maybe, you mm. know... I'd, I'd love if they announced it and started getting it together right now. Um, mm. You know, I don't know if we'll get that because, uh, you know, if you look at the way they seem to be doing it, it seems to be like, you know, all right, Val's going to turn up, uh, you know, probably here and there throughout, you know, the Disney Plus series and the films and things like that and start collecting bad guys. Um, that's my guess. Mm. So it might take a little while to build the team. Yeah, and I know, really want to. I'm desperate for a talent. It was it was interesting to see, you know, John's journey throughout this, and and you know, he attempts to move. He kind of moves from hero to villain, back to hero again. Really, like like I, I liked his kind of sort of quasi redemption, but you can still see, you know, oh, he's going to be, you know, the U.S. agent as as she as as Val says at the end. Um, uh. But I kind of like. I'm curious to see where that journey is going to go. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he came out of this series as one of the more interesting characters. Mm. Um, you know, it's like so much of your time is spent just like hating his guts. But you know, he he's, you know, he's interesting. He's like, uh, you know, he's he's not predictable. Um, you know, he's a character that you know I kind of loved to hate. Uh, and, you know, when he had that moment in this episode where he rocks up to confront Carly and then it turns into a decision between rescuing a van full of people and going after Carly, he chooses the van full of people. Yeah. And I, you know, he, like, I, so I think he's a character with different shades. Um, mm. You know, I, I, I hope that they're not trying to outright redeem him. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily what they were trying to do, but I think they were trying to show you that he's not just like evil bad guy. Um, through and through, uh, he is <clears throat> somebody who makes good decisions and bad decisions, and you never know what he's going to do in the moment. Yeah. I I really loved. I mean, I, I could have done without. I, I I thought Sam's sort of speech, at, at, you know, when he's talking to the senator, was just so on the nose, and it was just like, come on, man, just there needed to be another way to do it. And it's a weird thing. It's like, well, I agree with everything you're saying. And I agree completely with the sentiment, but I just felt the way it was done was so kind of heavy handed. And, and then that, I think sometimes that's the problem 
people have when they say politics, what they actually mean is um, this kind kind of uncomplicated speechifying, where it's just oh, if you just do this, it, like everything will be fine, and it's just like look, that's really not how life works, and it is it like this stuff is difficult. I don't pretend to fully know the ins and outs of politics. But unfortunately, because of, and indeed, because of borders and, and economics and things like that, it, it is very difficult to sort this crap out. And, you know, so I, I found that a little heavy handed. However, what I think redeemed that moment was uh, Isaiah Bradley's reaction to it. Um, and the scene later on in the, the Smithsonian, like I, I absolutely loved that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, and I would agree that like, you know, the speech with Sam, uh, it's like, yes, I, I completely agree with it, but it went on too long. Like, um, it was, uh, somebody timed it. It was like four minutes long. Uh, mm. so, you know, it's just like, that is, yeah, it's a long yeah, and, time. And, for, and you when know. you're reaching the end of a series or a film or something like that, four minutes is an eternity and it is like kind of in, in, in any kind of writing screenwriting it, it's like yeah this is this is too much and and again i don't have a problem with the sentiment i don't have no. a problem with what he was saying just the way it was said but i think that kind of hits on the nose what his character is gonna be i guess um and, and you know how he could become a, a real kind of force for change and i i i like that idea i, I really kind of i'm a hundred percent behind that um yes because i think i think what they've like you know kind of made you understand about sam over the course of the whole series is that he is a person who will try to sort things out you know with words yeah. communication before violence at you know every possible opportunity even with carly in this episode when you know, she was desperate for him to to fight back against her. He still was trying to talk to her and get through yeah. to her. And I think that's the kind of Captain America that Sam is going to be. Uh, you know, which I think was something that you know there, there was there was some of that going on with Steve as well. Sure. Um, you know that he was not out there to fight people. He was just you know he didn't like bullies, and you know and that's what he was standing up against. With Sam, I think he comes at it from the perspective of you know he's a counselor. Uh, and he understands, you know, that, uh, you know, specifically a veterans counselor and, you know, understands, you know, that uh, that violence is not the best way to get through to anyone. Uh, so, yeah. you know, so, you know, uh, I would agree that like, you know, him trying to talk to uh, the GRC council and, and convince them with words, you know, uh, you know, that that they had the, the power to make positive change was a good mm. thing. And it works with it, you know, with, with his character. But yeah, I, you know, I think it could have been a minute or two shorter, really. That's, that's yeah. my only goal. Um, um, especially because there are things, you know, like looking back on the episode, there are things that I really wanted to see that I didn't get to see. Um, particularly. When you, particularly. When you say, um, uh, Looking back, I've just got to know, do you mean watching it over and over again? Yes, uh, I do. 
Sorry. I, I, I had to get that in, Liz. I apologize. Go on. Sorry, um, there were things you wanted to see. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, there were things I wanted to see that I didn't get to see. And it's like, okay, could you have, like, you know, sort of borrowed a minute from, like, you know, like Sam's speech or, like, one of the many action scenes at the beginning or something to give me a nice, like, closure-filled moment between Bucky and Yori. Like, because that scene was like not cathartic for me at all like that that was like you know something that Thank i had, i had really wanted to see the actual conversation between them and just like when it you know when bucky goes and tells him like you know yes i i was a winter soldier i killed your son they just cut to nothing and it, that was just like done and dusted and i was like really that's we don't even get to see a reaction we don't get to see you know uh so that was disappointing to me i was like okay um, you know, that was it's supposed to be a big healing moment for Bucky. And I, I you know, I, I felt like that got really short shrift. I, I think in a way it would have been nice if Bucky's, and, and it actually it kind of almost is, Bucky's storyline is all about him getting to that moment of apologizing. It's like, um, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the second Bourne, Jason Bourne film. Where that where you realise at the end the whole film is about him getting to the point where he apologises to the the sort of teenage girl because he's he killed her mother and father sort of many years before, and it's just like yeah the the whole film's kind of been about that but you don't realise it to the end and it, it's just like I I think that was Bucky's arc and yeah so that moment needed a bit more weight and a bit more time and and it, it's just like. You know, and, and I don't think people want to be speechified at. Like, they're kind of done with that, really. It's I, like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I mean, that was just one example of a scene I thought could have been shorter. I think there were about yeah. 25, like, you know, flag smasher scenes that I could have done without <laughs> and, you know, would have preferred to spend a minute or two with, like, Bucky and Yori. Um, you know, so it's not just that. You know, it's not just Sam's speech. I just th thought that they, you know, they dwelled on certain things, like, you know, for a little longer than they needed to. And then moments that felt more important to me, you know, got, uh, got like, you know, like uh, we're a little tight, you know, a yeah. little rough. Um, but, uh, but, you know, overall, yes. Okay. We got the point in that scene that yes, Bucky like did go, he did what he needed to do and he did find the closure that he needed. I just would have, you know, as a viewer likes to experience it with him. Um, mm. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. like, like I said, there's, you know, they, they had a lot of wrapping up to do, you know, so many plot threads needed to get wrapped up in this episode, which I do think that they, they managed to do like each character, you know, kind of got um, an ending that I thought was satisfying for them. Mm. Um, like really when you look at it, uh, like pretty much all the bad guys, uh, you know, got happy endings <laughs> to some degree or other. Well, Zemo's off in prison still. Um, well, Zemo's off in prison, but he had my favorite moment of the whole episode, which was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which was, you know, like the flag smashers, like, you know, getting into the convoy and, you know, so, like, uh, you know, one of the, like one of the, the guards, like, you know, like sort of, mm. you know, shows that he's still loyal to them one world one people you know it seems it, like yeah the hail hydra of, of, of this uh -huh. yeah and uh it seems like they're just gonna go off to the raft and be uh and be prisoners and instead nope um 
kablam, uh, Zemo's yeah. butler uh, blows them all to high heaven. And then you just see Zemo on the raft, like reading his book, listening to the news. And as soon as the news, you know, tells him that uh, the flag smashers got, you know, blown to smithereens, he just smirks and he's like, yep, uh, job well done. Uh, so yeah. even from prison, he's, he's getting his, you know, uh, his work done uh, and achieving his goals. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's good. It, it, it uh, because he, he does kind of have a point almost. Um, I mean, he has like, I mean, uh, he has a very clear idea about what he thinks, you know, is, uh, is the right way to deal with super soldiers. And, mm. you know, you've got to give it to him. Like, uh, he was out of prison for what, like, you know, a day and a half. And <laughs> he managed to destroy the serum, blow away the scientist who created it and blow up, uh, you know, like four of the flag smashers. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, not bad for a day's work. He's, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's obviously got a lot of resources at his disposal. <laughs> so, I, uh, I, I just like, I'm like, I, yeah, I, this this man, like, you know, he's like the evil Alfred, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is loyalty. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm hoping to see more from Zemo. Um, I don't know how and when they're going to bring him in, but I, I, I love him in this kind of milieu and in this kind of world and... Um, I, I think it might almost be a waste to see him be in a Thunderbolt series where he's not kind of front and center. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's like you, you kind of want him as, as far as the Thunderbolts goes, he is kind of the leader of the team, right? Like, that's, you know, like, uh, that's that's you know, uh, a, a comics sort of you know, the uh, canonical thing. So, if he was going to be part of the Thunderbolts, he would, you know, theoretically be leading the Thunderbolts. But I would, I would like love to see him in, you know, in any, you know, he could show up in Captain America Four. He could even show up in Black Panther. Um, you know, I, like wherever they want to put him, I just want to, I just, you know, want to yeah. see more because I loved him in this. Like, you know, mm. like I. Uh, I just thought that they, you know, uh, what they did with his character in this series, you know, I, I just, you know, absolutely loved and, uh, yeah, really hope that they, you know, kind of reintroduce him at the soonest possible time. Yeah, let's, I mean, let's, <clears throat> let, let's hope, let's hope. Um, so, but yeah, before... I mean, uh, oh, sorry, right, what were you going to say? No, no, uh, well, I was just going to say, like, you know, uh, bad guys getting their good endings. Um, you know, uh, Walker is happy as a clam. He's got Val on his side. Um, you know, he, last, you know, last we see of, of Walker is he's got his U.S. agent costume. He's got his U.S. agent title. Uh, you know, he's like basically hopping up and down saying, I'm back, I'm back. So, uh, so we're going to see, you know, I, we're going to see more of Walker. Um, Sharon, I mean, Sharon gets like the jammiest ending out of everyone. You know, she's like, you know managed to totally reposition herself within shield while also you know uh having you know uh madripoor under her thumb um you know i'd be very curious to know who she's been talking to on the phone um, I, see, I, I assumed it was her, her assistant the one she got into the car with in in episode uh three um, quite possibly, yeah 
But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just yeah curious to see where it's going to go. I've I've really enjoyed this series. Uh, I'd like to see more in that sort of espionage kind of Marvel world. Um, I, I hope they do that soon. I do just want to give a quick shout out to I don't know, I don't know if you'll be listening. Uh, I hope you will be Paul Taylor, who I bumped into today. Paul Taylor is one of our patch is one of our patrons um and to, we've been talking about kind of meeting up for a coffee or something in, for ages but I, I did actually bump into him today in town uh, it was a nice sunny day here in london so i i popped out to to get some comics and to meet up with with one or two people uh who i haven't seen in ages because of lockdown and i i was lucky enough to bump into paul and we had a really nice long chat just about the website and about what he's been up to um so, Paul, it was really lovely to see you today. Like, I really enjoyed it. I hope we can go for a proper sort of coffee or pint soon. Um, and, and thanks for taking the time to to chat today. Uh, very interesting views on comics. He had some, some, you know, stuff to say about things he's reading, and it was great to kind of natter about comics with him. Speaking of nattering about comics, Liz, um, we're going to take a week off uh, from the show obviously the show's ending um but from from videos you and i um and more importantly from each other which is the main thing <laughs> <laughs> so, something i've been looking forward to <laughs> since we started this journey with uh <laughs> with one division <laughs> um we're gonna take a week off um but we will be coming back very soon with our new show the new show Obviously, isn't going to be an MCU show because no MCU shows are out. There's not another MCU movie till July. We've got Loki in June. So we're, we're going to talk about comics. Um, there will be some movie and TV stuff in, in this show. Um, so the, the, the new show is going to be called Crushing Comics. Um, we're going to talk about some new releases. We're going to talk plenty about trades uh as as i've said there's gonna be a little bit about comics tv and movies um so do kind of write into us with any questions you've got um or, or you know anything you want to say you want to comment comment below uh but that show should be starting week after next we think we don't we don't have a day yet we're, we're, we're working that out we're kind of doing the fine print now but um that show will be coming back, hopefully coming back with Gemma soon for uh, the Comics Touch as well. Um, and, of course, plenty more interviews. The interview with Sydney Duncan, who wrote uh, the wonderful Kill Whitey Donovan, is coming up. I am behind schedule, so I haven't put it up yet. Sorry, Sydney, and sorry to anyone who's waiting for that. The interview with Erica Schultz on her new Kickstarter, The Deadliest Bouquet, which launches on the 11th of May is on the on this very channel now so do give that a look because that was a good fun interview and i really had a good time with erica she's she, she's a fantastic kind of um uh uh person to talk to about comics um and as i'm sure a lot of you know a wonderful writer so do give that a look um liz that's up for it for us single tear rolls down my cheek as we say goodbye <laughs> once more <laughs> oh, yeah, it's well, a tea, yeah. it's a tear of joy though uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah well you uh, know no, it, was, uh, it, was, uh, it lasted 
Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> for you at least. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't mean it. I love doing this every week. Um, I, I do too, and I yeah, I really enjoyed the series on the whole. Mm. I have to say, you know, like last words on Falcon and Winter Soldier. I really loved it. Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna watch it. You know, more times, many more times. Yeah. Um. Uh, and, you know, even though I had a few little quibbles about this particular episode, I think uh, as a story, uh, it, you know, it was, you know, really uh, ticked all the boxes for me. Uh, yeah, and, I, you know, I, I, I'd love if uh, if we got a second season of it. Yeah, me too. I like Captain America and the Winter Soldier as, as we are. Uh... Exactly. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. I, I, love, I love how... Love how Sam gets to drop Falcon, but Bucky will never not be the winner soldier. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean um, they, they they could have called him White Wolf, but I don't think it has the same ring. I'm happy true, for yeah. him to claim the name Winter Soldier. You know, mm. and, so. and kind of yeah, take it back and, and do something good with it. I hope um, it, it's been a lot of fun doing this every week. Thank you, Liz, so much for giving up uh, your time to come and do this. Um, I, I know it's tough for you talking about MCU stuff. I, I, know, it's, I, know. I know it's not in your wheelhouse and, and you don't really <laughs> enjoy it. And it's it's such a chore every week for you. <laughs> yeah, I have No, uh, honestly, it's been great fun. Um, guys, we'll catch you again soon. Remember, check out the Patreon. Check out the web store. It all helps us keep going. Follow us at the Comic, Comic Crush on Twitter and Instagram. Find us on Facebook, the Comic Crush page. Check out the comiccrush.com website, most importantly, where you'll find a ton of articles uh, and podcasts and everything about comics. Just there's a ton of stuff on there already and even more coming in the next few weeks. Liz, you can follow at Liz C. Jordan on Twitter, uh, where she will talk to you about the MCU um, at, at length. <laughs> <laughs> Happily. Yeah. And in fact, just won't stop. <laughs> no, Liz, thank you so much for bringing your uh, your kind of deep, deep knowledge and love of the MCU every week. Uh, we'll see you guys again soon. Goodbye. We're out. Bye. See you soon. <laughs>